Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast in the Pastor Study. Today we're going to do a Christmas afterglow. I was unable to record this lesson earlier and almost skipped it till next year. However, it is just too valuable to hold off till then. The text for our lesson is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, and our title is The Birthday of a King. The birth of a child is special, and the birth as of a king is very special. However, when we read of the birth of Jesus, something just doesn't fit. His birth is different. And yes, that's because he is different. Let's begin by reading 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, which clarifies what took place on that day. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 reads, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Let's pray and see how the Lord illustrates this in the book of Luke. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to see this verse and recognize what our Savior did for us in coming to live his life, die on the cross at Calvary, be buried, and raise again, just for the purpose of giving us the gift of salvation. And so we pray, Father, that as we look at the birth of this King, the Lord Jesus Christ, we might gain a fuller appreciation for what it cost him to come and give us that gift of salvation. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. The birth of a child is special, and I'm sure if I had opportunity to go around and ask you what the birth of your children were like, each of you could tell me something special about their birth. Whether it was the room you prepared for them, whether it was the crib or the bassinet that you prepared, whether it was the clothes that you gathered, and especially the outfit that you brought the baby home in, or maybe some special things you made for the child as the child was going to come home and be a part of your family. But when we take a look at the birth of a king, that is even more special. When you look throughout the scripture and you look throughout history, you find kings were honored in very special ways, and the birth of their children, who would be the future kings, were also honored in a very special way. But when you take a look here in Luke chapter 2 at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we know from the word is the King of kings and Lord of lords, we find something just doesn't fit. In this birth of a king, it is different. And it is different because, as we already mentioned, this king is different. The first thing we're going to see as we take a look at Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 7, is that the birth of this king, the Lord Jesus, was not in a mansion, but in a manger. It was not in a mansion, or in a, but in a manger. Verse 7 says this, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. When the angels declared this to the shepherds in verse 12, they make that emphasis again. And it shall be a sign unto you, you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And then, of course, when the shepherds went and actually beheld the Lord Jesus in verse 16, it says, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when you think about the birth of a king, you think about a mansion or a palace. If you were to look, for example, at 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 1, you would see Solomon's mansion or home, 13 years to build, uh, 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. You can just imagine all the beauty of it. And yet we find the Lord Jesus Christ here being born in a manger. 
You'll also notice when you think about palaces and you think about mansions and the births of kings, I think about when I went to Jaipur, India, and I went to that town, and in that town there were three palaces. They were huge and they were beautiful. One was the city palace, one was the country palace, and one was the lake palace, actually built in the middle of a lake for the summer to keep the king cooler as well as his family. And, and that's what you think of when you think of a king. But as we looked at these three verses, we see the word manger. And the idea of a manger is the feeding place for animals or a stall. It's where the animals dwelt. Remember, there was no room in the inn. Mary and Joseph ended up where the animals were. And the trough is the manger. That's, that's mortar or that's been cut out or that's a stone that's been shaped in such a way that the feed for the animals can be put in it. And when the Lord Jesus Christ was born, he was put in this manger, this feeding trough for animals, not what you would expect for a king, but clarified for us in 2 Corinthians chapter nine, uh, chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he willingly did this, that though he was rich, imagine what he had in heaven, yet for your sakes became poor. He was born not in a mansion, but a manger, not in a palace, but a pallet for our sakes. The second thing I'd like for us to point out about the birth of the king, the Lord Jesus Christ, is this. He was not born with robes, but rags. Not born with robes, but rags. Chapter 2, verse 7 made mention of that, of the book of Luke. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. In fact, when you take a look at chapter 2 of Luke, verse 12, we see that again. And this shall be a sign unto you, shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, obviously, kings were not wrapped in swaddling clothes or rags. Kings were wrapped in royal robes. Uh, you can see this when you take a look at David, for example. Let me give you uh, just a little wording here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27. And again, this is a summary. You know this already, but just wanted to refresh our mind about this. What kind of clothing a king has? What kind of clothing a future king has as he's born? And we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 27, And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, and all the Levites that bear the ark and the, and the singers. And at the end of that verse, it says, and had and upon him an ephod of linen. Other places were learned about kings in robes of royal blue or purple and weaved in very special ways to show their position as a king. But when you look at Luke chapter two, the birth of the king of kings and lord of lords, you find him not in robes, but you find him in strips of cloth, rags. That's what swaddling means. The word swaddle means to carry in the arms. Lamentations chapter 2 verse 22 talks about that. It's the idea to wrap in bandages. Ezekiel 16 verse 4. And again, we see it here in Luke chapter 2 verse 7 and Luke chapter 2 verse 12. Just strips of cloth, ordinary cloth that's been torn in strips, wrapped around the child to make the child be secure. Not royal robes, but rather rags. So we see the birth of the king of kings, not in a mansion, but a manger. Not in a palace, but on a pallet. We see not with robes, but with rags. And the third thing we see is this, 
not a crown, but a cross. Now we're all well aware that when a king is born and when a king is made king, he wears crowns, royal crowns, and mark him out and identify him in his position. For example, when you take a look in the Old Testament of Joash in 2 Kings chapter 11 and verse 12, you'll see him at the age of seven being arrayed with a crown. It says in 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 12, And he brought forth the king's son and put the crown upon him and gave the testimony. And they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, God save the king. Yes, kings receive crowns. But our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, did not receive a crown of a king. He instead received the crown of of thorns. We see this when we take a look at Matthew chapter 27 and read verse 29. In Matthew 27 and verse 29, it says, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. That crown of thorns, of course, led him to the cross of Calvary where he shed his blood for our sin. So I'm doing a little afterglow here regarding Christmas. We think about Christmas and the birth of the Savior, and we hear so much preaching and teaching and sing so many hymns and carols, and our hearts are so thrilled with what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us, and that is totally proper to be sure. But in our afterglow, I would like for us to think about this. What is the purpose of all that? What, what was the purpose of this king not being born in a ma mansion, but a manger? Not in a palace, but on a pallet. Not with robes of royalty, but rags. Not with a crown, but with a crown of thorns that would lead him to the cross. The answer is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why? That ye through his poverty might be rich. What a wonderful verse. And what a wonderful illustration we've seen in the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before we end, I want to just mention something to you, but we're not going to go through and look at it carefully. And that is this. There is a day coming when the Lord Jesus Christ will come back as a rightful king. And he'll be coming back not to a not to a manger, to a mansion or palace, and not with rags, but with royal robes, and not with the idea of a of a uh, crown of thorns, but the crown of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we see that in Revelation chapter 19. In Revelation chapter 19, we read this, beginning at verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he that judge and make war. His eyes were as the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. 
and out of the mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Verse 16 of Revelation 19, and it says, and, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, Jesus could have come the first time that way. He had every right, ability, and authority to do that as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But he who is rich became poor that he might live a sinless life, dying across the Calvary for our sin, that we who believe in him might have eternal life. The birthday of a king. I mentioned to you in the beginning, it was different, and it certainly was, and was different for a reason. He who was rich became poor that we might become rich through him. This has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Marty Macedo. And you may email me at macedofhm at gmail.com, M-A-S-I-T-T-O, FHM for Fellhopers Ministries at gmail.com. And I would like you to contact me if you need to know more about salvation and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's why he came. He came that way that lowly estate, so that he could give us salvation. And if you've not received them yet as Savior, I'd like you to know that that gift is available to you. And if you need help making that decision to bow your head and bow your heart and just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin and save you, then please email me at nacitofhm at gmail.com. But remember on this lesson, the birth of a king, Jesus Christ gave it all up for you what are you willing to give up for him in return? Thank you for listening and have a great day.